Ladies and gentlemen, you want experience during your football season? Well, buckle up, sweet cheeks. That's all we need. We've got all the experience in the world. This is I Want Your Flex with Dan Beyer and Mike Harmon. Mike and Dan break down everything you need to set your lineups. From position rankings to starts and sits, the guys help you make those hard decisions. And now, let's get your flex on. Here's Dan Beyer and Mike Harmon. Week six in full effect here on the I Want Your Flex podcast. Get Mike on Twitter, at Swollen Dome. You can find me on Twitter, at Dan Beyer on Fox. First things first, Mike's coming off of a high of a Rolling Stones concert, and it's someone's birthday. It's a birthday weekend for one Mike Harmon. Happy, happy birthday to you. I know you don't like to make a big deal out of it, but I figured I would anyway. No, I appreciate it. I mean, we're, we're getting another trip around the sun. I think I'm hitting the age where I have to celebrate them. Because, uh, I mean, let's face it, uh, not to bring the podcast down in the first minute, uh, but we got a lot of friends and family members who, who aren't uh, with us that, that won't be able to mock me and send me those notes saying, happy birthday, you old man with Dikembe Mukdumbo waving his finger at me. So uh, I'm going to take all of the plaudits, all of the excitement, and uh, I'm going to jump into this next year uh, with reckless abandon trying to predict and throw darts at week six. I hope your birthday wish, at least one of them, is that my give me one reasons couldn't be as bad as they were last week. That's that's all I ask is just one of the wishes. Hey. Be like last week, be rock bottom. That's all I ask for. No, that's it. They, that, they, they have to be, right? Because that's all we can do. We, we look back for a second, and we just shake our head and say, what the hell happened? But in the end, <laughs> here's the beauty of it, Dan, is you're trying to make predictions on what could happen, right? We try to give you a game script. But once that game script starts to go off the rails fully, there's really not a whole hell of a lot we can no. do, right? I mean, not, not to be mean about it, but think about your Seahawks. And, yes, you got some good play from Geno Smith, but – could you have expected what would happen the rest of that game to happen? No. No, no. no you were expecting not. Russ to be give you some more magic. Yeah. Yeah. Well I'll do the I'll I'm do what coaches yeah. I do I'll I'll let uh I'll have coaches do what they always do. You know what? We just took the game film, we just threw it away. That's what we did. No, we just, we're not like even that. not even looking back. So let's look ahead to week six. And before we get to all of the information on the top five players at each position, the hot plays and the cold sores and whatnot, I do want to talk about one specific position in the NFL, and it's the tight end position because it is mm-hmm. very intriguing to me, especially after what Mark Andrews did on Monday night for the Ravens, <sighs> by far his best game of the season. But there has been this unique trend, and we've touched on it at times, Mike, because Rob Gronkowski, who is obviously didn't play Thursday night against the Eagles, but Rob Gronkowski, on average, was your best tight end in fantasy uh, football. Now, he's been injured the last couple of weeks, so the average is still there, but the total's not there. However, the usual suspects of Travis Kelsey, of Darren Waller, maybe taken a little bit of a, a step back from the start of the season, and you've had other emerging names like a Dawson Knox coming in from, from Buffalo. Kyle Pitts finally had a good game for Atlanta in week five. They're on bye in week six. But I just the, the, the tight end position right now is one that is difficult for me to put my finger on because the usual suspects, the guys that you could count on, maybe aren't producing the way that you would have hoped when you drafted them high in your, in your draft. 
Yeah, and that's the the danger of it, right? Because the drop-off is so severe. So do you uh, allocate two roster spots during draft season and, and as much as you love uh, a couple of these guys as, well, more or less wide receiver ones, uh, that their disappearance, shrinking stats, or you know where there's issues on the offensive line that maybe they have to stay in and block. And, and obviously when you look at Gronkowski and Hawkinson and some of these others, you, uh, George Kittle. Of course, yeah, perfect, uh, yeah. in, injured lists, right? Great examples. And Mark Andrews was a guy that uh, in week five, I, I haven't seen the splits, but I got to imagine a lot of folks sent him to the bench or mm-hmm. really just lit a bunch of votive candles and, and prayed real hard. Uh, and, and then they ended up getting their 41-point performance uh, the first time that he'd been seen in the red zone. He was invisible. He had the Harry Potter cloak of invisibility. There it is. I'm dialing it up here to start week six uh, in my full nerddom. But, you know, a guy like Dalton Schultz suddenly develops into a player. You mentioned Dawson Knox. uh, But a lot of the the players that you drafted, a Tyler Higbee, his role has been minimized, right? We're seeing Parham Jr. with the Chargers. He's a red zone guy. But does that develop into anything more, or do you chase red zone targets along the way? So it's a lot of hand-wringing right now. I mean, I think it goes back to what you said last week, Dan. Uh, We're still at the player studs phase of the schedule. And if you get a dud from a would-be star, the expectations of target counts, um, you know, if that starts drifting towards the midseason, then, yeah, I guess it's time to shuffle up and deal. But for now, uh, I've just got to grin and bear it when Darren Waller has a minimal game. Yeah, I'm not not ditching Waller for David Njoku, no matter how good things were for the Browns tight end. Just interesting to to see what was – I thought a, a clear-cut position, a yeah. hierarchy, has just not played out like that. I know TJ Hawkinson uh, owners aren't necessarily thrilled with the production that he's given them, especially as of late. Just a total of 74 yards in the past three games. So that's, uh, you know, that has been an issue as well. And then you guys got guys, as I mentioned, like Dawson Knox. And, yeah, Dalton Schultz is up there for the Cowboys as well. All right, so we usually don't do top fives for, for tight ends. And we're not going to this time because we're going to break into our normal things that we do here on I Want Your Flex. Our top five rankings heading into week six at the quarterback, running back, and wide receiver positions. Mike, let's start with the signal callers. We've got four teams on by. There will be no Jameis Winston, Matt Ryan, Zach Wilson, or Trey Lance slash Jimmy Garoppolo as the Niners, Jets, Saints, and Falcons all are on by this week. Mike, your top five quarterbacks for week six in the NFL. It's too bad. They were starting to feel pretty good about Matt Ryan again after Kyle yeah. Pitts showed up uh, in London. All right, top five for this week. We've got Josh Allen just absolutely cruising right now, going up against Tennessee. Tennessee abysmal. We'll hear more about them as uh, we go through our list. But uh, 11th uh, best, or 11th worst, I should say, against opposing quarterbacks. But Allen right now distributing it uh, and, and making them pay. The run game starting to show up. Things in, in Buffalo starting to click on all cylinders. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, uh, rumors of his demise are greatly exaggerated. Yes, the turnovers are up, but you know what? Still uh, at the top of your scoring list and going up against the inexplicable, uh, pathetic Washington football team uh, defense, second worst against 
quarterbacks for fantasy purposes. Just an absolutely amazing uh, turn of events because, well, the expectations were high. Ron Rivera even said, I don't know if you caught this one this week, Dan. It's like, it's too bad we won the division because the expectations. I'm like, no, the schedule also came up and bit you in the ass uh, by winning the division as well. <laughs> Justin Herbert going up against Baltimore, middle of the pack uh, against opposing passing squads. But with that uh, safety blanket that is that great offensive line, Herbert, plenty of time to work. Mike Williams right now, your number one fantasy scorer at the wideout uh, position. You got Kyler Murray going up against Cleveland, fourth worst, helped by that huge effort that Herbert had last last week. And then Lamar Jackson against the Chargers. Look, the Chargers are seventh best, but Lamar on the ground, plus starting to work Andrews, the aforementioned Andrews, and Marquise Hollywood Brown. We'll hear about him in a minute because, well, we hang a star on him. But for Lamar Jackson, right now things are clicking. I I found it very curious. I wanted to keep a list of all the folks that actually used the Fonzie. I was wrong about Lamar Jackson this week (laughs) after watching him uh, on Monday Night Football. And just think about it. Boykin's just coming back, and and Rashad Bateman hasn't played yet. The ceiling is still higher, Dan Byer. The Ravens could be rolling, but I do love this about the Ravens on a complete side note. Somehow somebody leaked a report this week that people were calling about the Ravens running backs. Like, are you kidding me? I'm sorry. (laughs) I don't think anybody is calling up Baltimore and going to Eric DaCosta, uh, DaCosta saying, yeah, what, what do you want for Devontae Freeman? That never happened, okay? that That is <laughs> We false. bought these guys off the scrap heap, yeah. <laughs> uh, but now we can turn them into gold. We don't want them in fantasy, let alone in real life. There is no way no. that that is happening. And your point about Mahomes is, yeah, it's funny. Man, what's wrong with Patrick Mahomes? And then I just come from the fantasy perspective and be like, well, he did give you 61 yards rushing on the ground on that Bills loss, so you can't be too, uh, too mad about that. All right, those are your top five quarterbacks entering week six. Let's go to that tailback position. And I'm just guessing we... We aren't going to hear any Ravens names in these top top five, no matter what NFL insiders want you to believe. Didn't Lamar Jackson rush for four times the yards of all of those other running backs combined on Monday night? I mean, look, if you tell me that the Ravens are, are, are making calls trying to bring in Marlon Mack, I'll hear it. And that they tried to get him to just change locker rooms after the game. We can have that conversation. But in terms of the guys that are on that roster right now, no, no chance in hell. But here's the top five. We've got Austin Eckler against those Ravens. Fifth most fantasy points allowed to running back. And Eckler, while he's healthy, smoking hot like fire right now. Derrick Henry against Buffalo, a little counterintuitive. Third best, but look at the runners that they've faced. Look at the teams that they've faced. Look at the scripts that have gone out the window. And that doesn't mean that it can't go to hell here uh, against Tennessee. Uh, no question about it. But Derrick Henry is going to get his uh, as we roll. You got uh, Jonathan Taylor. Why, even with no Quentin Nelson and issues on the O-line, uh, running hard against the Houston Texans, middling against opposing fantasy running backs. But right now he's, he's hitting a bit of a stride. And Carson Wentz, we'll actually talk about him in a positive tone. Don't get that off in here from me. So, uh, surprise, I'm feeling good because it's my birthday or something like that. Uh, (laughs) Najee Harris, hey, uh, sorry, he he faces your Seattle Seahawks coming off his first 20-carry game of the season against Denver. Uh, 39 targets, and I know 19 of them came against Cincinnati, but that's still five a game uh, through the other weeks of the season. Seattle, third most fantasy points allowed to running backs. And then New England's 11th best, but right now, Zeke and that Dallas offense, they're eating uh, and expect more of that this week. 
People don't realize this, and I know that this is going to be the first year we're going to have to deal with this, but Derrick Henry is on pace to break the NFL single-season rushing record. Yes, 17 games would put him past Derrick Dickerson's 2105. If it was a 16-game season, Mike, his season so far right now would be fifth best all time. So I think that Derrick Henry is someone that we don't necessarily look at because now we're just become accustomed to him being as great as he is. But he's been really, really good, and it's why he is fifth on the MVP pyramid after five weeks of the nice. season. But Derrick Henry, yeah, it's it's kind of like when he rushes for 130 yards, it's ho-hum. It's just like, all right, that's right, him. Just that's, another day. Yeah, that's how good Henry has been uh, this season. All right, let's get to the top five wide receivers entering week six in the NFL. All right, let's get it on. We got Tyreek Hill going up against Washington. Fourth worst against wide receivers. They're abysmal. Uh, and I'm, I'm looking for another one of those monster games where he's just kind of strutting to the end zone. Uh, Devontae Adams going up against Chicago. Uh, Bears, 10th worst against wideouts. And when you look over the last six games, uh, look, we pick arbitrary stats all the time. Uh, six catches, 75 yards per game over the last six. And, and let's face it, uh, Aaron Rodgers has owned uh, the Bears through the years. Hell, that goes all the way back to Don Mikowski. Now I'm sad. Uh, Stephon Diggs going up against Tennessee. After further review. After further review, it's a full 30 years of misery. Uh, By the way, I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm sorry to interrupt. We will get to three, four, and five. But you grew up in the city of Chicago. You were born and raised there. I grew up in Wisconsin, and mostly in the 80s, the Bears dominated Green Bay. And then, from the, as you said, from kind of that point of Mikowski on, it's been a different story. But throughout the, the 80s, the Bears dominated the Packers. There was the play where the Packers upset the Bears at Lambeau Field with Don Mikowski on a reviewed play where the call was overturned and was called a touchdown on, on a touchdown pass which was originally called in incompletion. Mike, they made T-shirts and sweatshirts about that play. And that's it. The, the shirt was after further review, the Bears still suck. That was, the, that was the sweatshirt and that was the T-shirt. And then it was an artistic drawing of Don Mikowski, you know, with his hands in the air and a Packer helmet. But that's what, that's what Packer Bears is. We talk a lot about what are real rivalries in the NFL. And the Vikings and the Packers have a good rivalry, but it's not Packers Bears. And that's what Packers Bears can bring you. Dan, there, there's actually a song you can sing along to uh, that the chorus is, and the Bears still suck. <laughs> I don't know oh. all the lyrics. I'm going to leave it alone because uh, it's going to make me sad uh, to think about it in full. Uh, let's see. The Bears still suck lyrics. Uh, how many times was we take Was it by the Cheeseheads? Because that probably sounds like a Wisconsin-based band that makes Packer songs. It's the Happy Schnapps Combo oh. that came up with <laughs> okay. this one. All right. Oh, Another all right. Bears fan throwing insults in our face. The Packers are the greatest team to ever play the game, even if from time to time they've been a little lame. How could you ever love a team with Jim McMahon, not even Porky Pig, was as big as a ham. You know, we still have a um, drop in the system where I don't know. I stuttered it. I really sounded like I was doing a Porky Pig impression. Is is uh, was that from Metro Lyrics that you got those lyrics? 
Uh, those genius, three? actually. Uh, genius. Yeah. Okay, A to Z lyrics. Oh, oh, exactly. Man. Oh, no, it's, it's all good. We've got the same three. You and I looking up lyrics. <laughs> hey, here's one of, you know, for you, Hall and Oates, me and Ava uh, lyric. I don't know. Um, uh, but here we are. The Bears still suck being the line. Uh, but after beating the Raiders and dominating them on both sides of the line of scrimmage, Color me intrigued uh, for this matchup <laughs> against the Packers. All right, three, four, and five. Stephon Diggs against Tennessee. Uh, I don't know if he'll be any more open than he was uh, on that broken play the other night, but hey, uh, maybe there's a chance. They are worst against wide receivers, and he needs to get fed. He needs to get fed. Everybody else is making their hay. Uh, I'm looking for Diggs to have one of those big performances. Jamar Chase, because you can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. Yeah, the Detroit Lions, 10th best against wide receivers, and I feel for Dan Campbell, and I know the players want to play for him. Here's the thing. That connection between Burrow and Chase is something special. You ride the hot hand. And finally, Cooper Cup had a bad day with seven catches for 92 yards. Uh, last time out. Double-digit targets in each week of the season. His 5-for-64 against Arizona was his low point, Dan. So he's a top-five play this week. The uh, the chase play, I think, is smart because the Lions can be a little deceiving. You saw what they did to Minnesota, but you talked about it in our last podcast. Justin Jefferson still had a big game in that contest. Debo Samuel had a big game against the Lions, so it makes sense, even though I, I know some people like the Lions on Sunday against Cincinnati. That seems to be a, a smart play. And uh, the the play in question on the Don Mikowski Bears was, was Mikowski across the line of scrimmage. That's what it was and then after further review he was not he was able to uh, throw that touchdown pass to beat the Bears I just want to make my history correct and I don't want Packer fans getting on my uh, getting on my case because these fans get on my case anyway for my uh, bad fantasy advice there is no bad fantasy advice when it comes to Mike Harmon's hot plays cold sores and ninjas that's where we move to as we look into week six Mike let's get to your hot plays that's right, hot plays for week six in the NFL. Light it up. Let's stack them. Taylor Heineke against Kansas City. Look, sometimes it just stands out so, so much. And it may not be pretty, but the fantasy points all count the same. Because, uh, look, KC's going to put up their points on a bad Washington D, which means Heineke's going to have his opportunities, as will Terry McLaurin uh, on that side. Uh, and Daryl Williams in the, in the backfield for KC as Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Going to miss a couple of weeks, so opportunity knocks. Go take full advantage of it here. Roethlisberger against Seattle, 12th, best, or 12th worst, I should say, against opposing quarterbacks. Uh, maybe the pass rush wakes up. Up and shakes out a turnover or two from Gino. I'm, I'm rooting for Gino, by the way. I'm, I, I hope he, uh, I hope he does well. Uh, just as a fan you of and football and a guy getting another opportunity. But yeah, we'll you see. Yeah, it could be. It, honestly, it's going to be a little difficult against the Steelers' defense. I'm curious to see what Seattle does in the following weeks when you've got the Saints and Jacksonville on their schedule to try to maybe make some hay. Opportunities will knock. All right, uh, we got DeAndre Swift going up against Cincinnati, middling uh, against opposing running backs. But there are some big games mixed in there uh, in the first five weeks of the season. Go back to Pittsburgh for a moment. Claypool, uh, last two games he played – Nine for 96 and then five for 130 and a touchdown. Uh, how about Emmanuel Sanders against Tennessee? Everybody everybody plays, everybody wins. Five targets plus each week, and he's got two touchdowns in two of the last three games. And then Daryl Henderson going up against the Giants. Giants giving up uh, their bottom five against fantasy running backs, giving up 170 scrimmage yards 
to running backs per game. The Claypool play is interesting, and I uh, I would agree with that as well, not only with the numbers over the last couple of weeks. You now have the Juju Smith-Schuster injury, and Claypool, because of that injury, also playing some in the slot where the Steelers have kind of tried to take advantage of his physical skills, and we will see that on display on Sunday night. All right, those are the guys that may not be in the top five, but if you've got them on your team, you may want to get them in your lineup coming up. Then there's the other side of that coin. The cold sores, the guys you don't want to touch, you don't want to see, you don't want to look at, you don't want anything to do with. Yes, they are your cold sores. Yep, you got it. Cold sores for week six. You know what? You you killed them both off your set it and forget it list, Dan, because mm-hmm. I pay attention to those lists. We've got the MVP pyramid at Dan Byer <laughs> on Fox. We've retweeted it at Swollen Dome. Get it out there. Uh, converse with your friends. Send us all your hate mail uh, because whether you like us or hate us, just think about us. That's what we want. We want to be in your heads. Uh, Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr both hit the the uh, the list this week for the cold sores. Uh, Cousins going up against Carolina. Look, they're 14th uh, against quarterbacks for fantasy purposes. Back-to-back single touchdown games. Uh, Ten touchdowns, two interceptions on the season. So still opportunities. You mentioned the Justin Jefferson great first half. Uh, but finishing drives, eh, we'll see uh, how much that flows. Likewise, Adam Thielen going up against that Carolina secondary. They are sixth best against wide receivers. So for this, this week, uh, show Shut him down. Shut him, shut him down. Thielen only a WR3. Uh, Captain Kirk coming in as a mid-teens QB. And then Derek Cargo is right with him. Second best defense against quarterbacks are the Denver Broncos coming off a stinging loss. And look, we've all watched it. That offensive line has been terrible. And Carr succeeded in spite of them for a couple of weeks. Now you add all this other... I don't even know what the proper term is uh, to say. Turmoil, Dan. Turmoil sure. is the word we'll use uh, in Las Vegas. So um, right now things are, are, are going south. And for Derek Carr, as much as he can say all the right things and try to rally uh, his squad and Darren Waller and all of those, you know, you got a couple of guys that I'm curious to see the reaction. But right now this team is wounded on the football field, let alone what's going on in the realm of social media and uh, journalistic uh, efforts. The, uh, the Raiders' whole situation of even going into last week, Mike, you know it was going to be a tough matchup with the Bears, and you follow what happened on Friday. Now to your point, and you're going up against another team with a pretty good defense. Yeah, I don't like the recipe for success. But I, as, I, as, I, as we said in our last podcast, I do think it is worth watching to see if Derek Carr's play, the style of play, changes without Gruden looking over his shoulder. I, maybe it happens yeah. in Denver on Sunday, but I do think fantasy-wise that is a theme to look at where maybe Carr turns it around. I just don't like, to your point, the matchup that they have this week against the Broncos. Yeah, I mean, you're also looking at and, and doing the Sunday morning show on Fox Sports Radio that I do with Bucky Brooks. He wondered aloud before that game, and he actually picked the Bears to win outright, uh, wondering if Joey Bosa's comments didn't quite have folks looking at film in review a little differently. Oh, uh, Derek Carr, which I think is kind of kind of interesting he, as well. He did the turtle one time out aggressively. Yeah, he did turtle one time in that game against the Chargers, but I thought it was just so they wouldn't be knocked out of field goal range. That something was like right that he wouldn't and he wouldn't turn the ball over. Yeah, right. Yeah. That, that was my thought. But again, on a, on a down to down basis, maybe uh, there's something uh, as you're uh, opposite him, the line of scrimmage that maybe uh, as you're getting close, uh, he's hearing footsteps and maybe getting the ball out a little earlier or whatever you're trying to see. In other words, the uh, smack talk worked. 
I, mm-hmm. I still don't understand how he got fined for asking about a call he didn't receive, unless he really said one of the magic words, Dan. Uh, but he didn't get a fine for the postgame presser, as best I can tell, which is also interesting. All right, other cold sores. Uh, Hollywood Brown against the Chargers, second best against wide receivers. Like I said, you know, this is one just in the cautionary tail measure. Likewise, uh, Lamar Jackson, I'm still looking for him to put up some numbers on the ground to get you to a big fantasy day. With Hollywood Brown, the opportunities may not be numerous, but he may be able to take care of one or two big plays. So he's a WR2 for me this week. Still playable, but not to the elite status that we're starting to uh, expect, I think. Um, Damian Harris against Dallas injured. Uh, Their top 10 against running backs in the script is starting to be, yeah, you're not going to be able to run the ball because they're putting up points on you. Uh, And then Chase Edmonds going up against Cleveland. Uh, James Conner taking care of the mess in and around the goal line. Be curious to see how they sort out uh, goal line situations with Max Williams now gone for the year. A guy who was starting to develop going back to the opening topic of the uh, tight end position. Uh, But with Edmonds, he's also banged up, got a shoulder injury, so maybe more of Connor this week against the Browns. I don't expect the, I honestly don't expect the Cardinals to win against Cleveland on Sunday, but I will give the Cardinals credit for people that are trying to, to poke holes in them. Their win at the Rams is, is one of the best wins that you could have in the NFL this season. So to say that the Cardinals aren't legit is false. The question now comes big picture, Mike, they got off to a great start last year. And how are things going to be different this time around? I don't think this Sunday is the litmus test on who Arizona is because I expect Cleveland to win that game. But something to watch uh, just as a team-wise over the next uh, couple of weeks and where the Arizona Cardinals are. All right, we've got hot plays in, cold sores in. That leaves one more left. Those are your fantasy ninja. You got it, the ninjas for week six. Start, we'll go back to Washington and look at J.D. McKissick. Five-point receptions, 5.6 receptions per game at 54 yards per game allowed to opposing running backs through the air uh, by Kansas City thus far. So looking for uh, some opportunity there. I know Smallish a week ago looked for a rebound. Hell, uh, let's let's get something to play for in that London game. If we're going to be up drinking our cup of coffee, I'll be on air uh, mocking it perhaps maybe, maybe even more so than I did the Jets because, well, it's the Jets. Uh, this week we got Miami and Jacksonville, so let's let's fire up Trevor Lawrence against that Miami defense. How about Carson Wentz? His 400 yards against the Ravens looked more confident against Houston. An opportunity. Michael Pittman also showing that uh, well he's he's a force to be reckoned with and a guy that's developing in his own right. So an opportunity here. Uh, I did find it interesting that David Gully, uh even with Davis Mills there, and look, it's a young quarterback, uh, and the warts are there. And, and the learning still need to be done. But he said once Terod Taylor is available, that, that he's his quarterback. Shades of Chicago. Uh, once again, uh, <laughs> I, I, well, I get it. Well, then, uh, then, I, then I would say, <laughs> hey, everybody go get Brandon Cooks. I, I mean, because Cooks has yes. not been good, but if you've got that opportunity now, you can maybe really get him on the cheap. If Taylor's coming back, then, hey, that's, that's, that, could be, that could be something to plan ahead for. 
It is funny because on this list, I do have Brandon Cooks this week. Five-plus targets still each week. Uh, A couple of hundred-yard games. Yes, those seem like forever ago. But an opportunity because I think Indy's going to put some points up, which means, hey, you're just going to have to keep winging it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So opportunity uh, may knock. Again, he's a a third-wide receiver. So uh, that's where we're talking about where we're coming from the ninja position. Miles Gaskin, you saw him as a receiver in a bigger spot. Uh, I think – this is a game where he uh, announces himself uh, back on the fantasy uh, roadmap here on a larger scale against Jacksonville. And then Cortland Sutton had a big game last week, uh, but a, still a lot of questions of how well that offense will run week to week. So from a consensus rankings, still down as a WR3 or worse, depending on who you're looking at. Uh, for me, I, I like target opportunities, and so long as the, the ankle and everything holds up, uh, he's a guy that always has back-end number one potential those are your hot plays cold sores and ninjas for week six it's my turn to take the wheel only for a short drive this is an opportunity for me just to give you a little bit of information to make a big big decision it's a segment we like to call three two one give me one reason And yeah, it's what it says. I give you one reason to start a guy, give you one reason to bench a guy, and honestly, there is nowhere to go but up after last week. Mike, I wanted to double down on LaVisca Chenault because I told everybody to start the Jaguars wide receiver a week ago, and he had one catch, but that one catch was for 58 yards, and it was darn exciting Mm -hmm. when he had it, and I think it may trigger the Jaguars to be like, we got to get the guy more than three targets, so I'm going to give you a bonus. So it's Chenault in the bounce back, but I'm also going to give you Javante Williams, running back of the Broncos. Don't be shy. I know he was everybody's favorite in the Denver backfield coming into the season, but him and Melvin Gordon really have kind of had that split workload. I like Williams to emerge this week against the Raiders. They had to play catch-up last week, and that's the reason they won't have to play catch-up this week against the Raiders. So that's why I say you start Javante Williams, and I'm giving you the bonus with Chenault. And I'll give you one reason to bench Tyler Lockett of the Seahawks, the wide receiver against the Steelers. And it is not meant to be disrespectful to Geno Smith. It just seemed like in Geno Smith's limited time, there was more of a rapport with DK Metcalf, Mike. And honestly, Mm -hmm. if you are in question, why not throw to the physically imposing DK Metcalf and have him try to win some of those one-on-one opportunities? So because I think Geno likes DK a little bit more, I would hold off on Tyler Lockett Sunday night in Pittsburgh. Uh, I, lo- I love it. I-, I love the Williams play. He almost made my uh, my hot plays, and, and certainly uh, for for Lockett, it's just a question of what what's that offense going to look like after a full mm-hmm. week of work. That yes. that's really I- I'm really curious to see over under on that game for Sunday Night Football. Dan is forty two and a half as well. So when we talk about some of these numbers and try to you know look in the fantasy realm to figure out how we get to some of those marks that all the great algorithms that are put together by the good folks in in Las Vegas and across the globe um, that's a game that well they're they're jamming a a lot into a very small box at 42 and a half because I believe that is actually the smallest number on the board this week. 
I will be with you Sunday morning. I will be at the news desk as you and uh, Bucky Brooks will be doing yeah. your show. So, And I'll be taking in Dolphins and Jaguars. So that should be fun. Again, you can reach Mike on Twitter at Swollen Dome. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. And honestly, I'm placing a role. It's Harmon's birthday weekend. So if you ask for fantasy advice, you darn well better put happy birthday to Mike Harmon on those tweets. All right? Because if you don't, I'm not going to answer them. Now, Mike, he can answer them all he wants, but that is that is my rule this week. You got to at least hashtag happy birthday to Mike Harmon because it is his birthday weekend. All right, let's uh, let's wrap this baby up so Harmon could go celebrate some more. Three-point conversion, <laughs> Mike, for the, uh, the three things that people need to know as they enter week six of the NFL season. All right, number one, we're we're going all in on Carson. I figure I can go Carson Daly, Carson Palmer. Uh, Carson Palmer's hits with Dan Patrick on the network are fantastic. Monday mornings, folks, uh, find those out there. Uh, but on Sunday, you'll celebrate the greatness of Carson Wentz in a big matchup against the Houston Texans, uh, looking for him as a daily fantasy play. And if you've got a middling matchup for your normal starter, uh, it's one of the rare times that a generous birthday-having Mike Harmon says Carson Wentz should be in your <laughs> lineup. How about that? There, there's I, number one. Uh, I, I like Carson man. Daly for daily plays. That was the pun that Ooh, I, I like that. No, that's down. good. Carson Daly for daily fantasy in week six. Uh, now we'll go back to what was it? Uh, was it Total Request Live or what was the, yeah, the TRL? Show yes, absolutely. Yep. Just wanted to make sure I got the. Uh, the, the letters right, because then you can acronym it up uh, as you will. Uh, the bye weeks, you know, we just noted, but hey, roster management in advance. Uh, I don't want to belabor the points. This is like a 1A or 2A or however you want to do it. Six teams on bye next week. So be ready for the craters uh, that will create in your rosters. So we certainly have that. Uh, double down uh, with Lamar Jackson and, and the greatness of the Ravens, even if they have no run game. Like you said, Dan, people are taking calls. It's crazy. People are calling for him. Uh, I don't buy it. Uh, but you got a guy, even though the matchup is bad, it goes back to Dan's point of week five. Play your studs. We'll, we'll get cute uh, as the season goes on, perhaps, and we have a couple more data points. But for now, uh, let's not leave those points on the bench. And finally, finally, we celebrate it because uh, I know people are getting a little nervous about Stephon Diggs. Just the numbers haven't been there because of Dawson Knox and some of these other guys. You just be patient. Just be patient. Listen to Guns N' Roses. Listen, do the whistle. As you walk around the house, whatever you need to do, uh, the points will come. And in a matchup where the sizable, robust Monday night football totals at 54, you will be rewarded. It's not all about Diggs, uh, Diggstown. See, nice that. There, there's a movie reference for you. It's not Diggstown just in Dallas. No, no, no. We'll celebrate it in Buffalo as well. Uh, listen, I'm gonna. That's a perfect segue to my three point conversion because my points of Palooza is the Monday nighter in Nashville Boom. between the Bills and Titans. I don't actually think it's really that much of a surprise. And even just looking at the over unders that you see, the Washington Kansas City game is the only one that really rivals the bye week. It's interesting because I don't think that we've lost a lot with 
scoring-wise with the teams that are on by with the Saints right. and Jets and Falcons and Niners, but we just don't have those matchups that are maybe in, uh, you know conducive to something like that. So I have the points of Palooza being Buffalo and Tennessee. Uh, look out for the cat fight in Detroit. I think you're going to get a scrappy game in that contest <laughs> between the Bengals and Lions. I could see another 19-17 sort of game that Detroit just played against the, uh, the Vikings this week. And finally, you know you love wrestling – and you know Booker oh, T. You know Booker T, right? There's oh, a new a new character that is about to be unveiled. Booker TD. Yes, that is Devontae Booker after his two <laughs> touchdown effort against the Cowboys. Gets in the end zone a couple of times for the Giants. I think the Rams win in New York, but with New York still kind of dinged up. And the Rams haven't been great like they haven't been like it's astonishing against the run i think Devonte booker can uh can play a role so he gets in the end zone a couple of times for the giants Ooh, i like that even going back to week one against the bears david montgomery and company they ran the ball effectively a couple of big plays and each week it's there i it's i keep putting the cautionary tale for everybody that wants to crown the rams there's some holes there. There's there's some some issues. Uh, just a matter of how many teams can actually exploit them. And I do love the cat fight. Come on, that is that is Dan Byer pun punnery at its finest. That was a hiss. How did that, that sound? Now there you go. <laughs> My guy. Oh man, man, making cat sounds and I want your flex. Get Mike again on Twitter right. at Swollen Dome. I'm at Dan Byer on Fox. <laughs> I it's only week pick- six, too. Yeah, good, I thought <laughs> good my Lord. picks were bad. My cat hissing may even be worse. Uh, I hope you have great success in week six. And, Mike, I hope you have a great uh, birthday weekend, and we'll do it when everything is wrapped up. How about that? I appreciate it, brother. Yeah, for everybody out there, obviously a lot of uh, injury news and notes. Dan, like you said, he'll be at the news desk with me uh, Sunday Sunday morning, Fox Sports Radio. Bucky Brooks and I for a couple hours, and we'll, we'll go through as many of those injury notes and try to uh, get you through your roster and those questions. The Giants, one of the teams that we're really watching to see the uh, final practice notes and game time availabilities. Yeah. Uh, but fun stuff. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure to save you some cake. <laughs> Keep your eye on the McCaffreys, the Cooks, the Mixons and everybody in those backfields as well as we may not know their full status until a little closer to kickoff. All right, for Mike Carmen, I'm Dan Meyer. This is Ben. I want your flex.